Hello and welcome to Pure Worship Radio. This is Scott Cunningham and I'll be your host as we highlight and interview various worship leaders and artists who love Jesus and are writing songs that both edify the church and glorify Christ. Our mission is to capture the story behind the songs and the heart behind the music. So thanks for joining us today. We pray that you're greatly encouraged by our time of letting the word of Christ dwell in you richly through psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. And today I'm so excited to have my good friend Evan Wickham on the program talking about their brand new church project called Christ is Born. But today we're going to start off with a few songs off of his last year's Christmas project called Christmas Music Volume 1. In the stillness of this night All my fears have got me frozen In this darkness shine your light I'm not seeing where I'm going Then your love broke through like an angel fire
And that was new music from Evan Wickham here on Pure Worship Radio. And so excited to have my good friend on the show again today as we talk about this brand new church Christmas project called Christ is Born. And Evan, thanks so much for being on the show again today. It's great to have you. Yeah, it's a joy to be here. Thanks, Scott. Well, let's just get caught up again. It's been about a year since you've been on uh, Pure Worship Radio, and we were talking about your your personal Christmas project last time. Uh, maybe just give us a little update on uh, how this last year has been for you and that brand new church you've been serving at, or it's a new ministry for you um, serving there in, in Portland at Westside at Jesus Church. Maybe give us a little update. Yeah, it's been a it's been a wild year. <laughs> There's so there's so many so many good things that have come out of this year personally in my marriage and uh, my wife's life and our kids. We've had a new kid. Yes, had a baby um, back in back in May, and that's that's awesome. Our fifth baby. We finally caught up with Cunningham. <laughs> the five <Rude>. club. <laughs> the, the yeah, we've we're quantifiably at your level. So yes, and you got um, four boys and a girl now, correct? Four boys and a girl. Yeah. So the girl's the second to last child. So. Mm. Three boys, girl, and then a fifth boy. So, yes. I mean, sorry, fourth boy, fifth child. Um, yeah, so that that's that's exciting. It's like I don't know if this is how it was with you, but <laughs> from <laughs> having a first kid was amazing. It was exciting and fun and demanding and tiresome and awesome and beautiful. But then having a second kid was like, oh my gosh! It was just like getting hit upside the head. Like, what is happening? And then having a third kid was like similar to having a second. It was like, oh, no big deal. Is, did you did you find that to be true? Like from two to three, it didn't seem like that big a jump. No, yeah, one to two is like is is huge. And then after uh, after three, it feels like you could just keep having kids because it's it's yeah. z- it's zone defense at that point. It's just chaos. <laughs> you know, you're yeah, full. and so after at three, it was like nice. And then when we had our fourth, it was our girl, and we're like, oh, this is beautiful, so even, feels good. It felt like two. It felt like three, and then four. But then five felt like, what is happening? What is life? It's so, so much different. Like from four to five, I don't know what it is, but it's like, like we just got run over by a steamroller of small humans. Yeah, yeah. um, I think I did. I think I did. He's not like a hard child or anything. It's just like numerically, we're just like trying to trying to see the world again. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. What's weird is you. The difference between four to five, I mean, it, it's massive, but but when you go to, to the store or you go to Disneyland, like four looks a lot like five. Like if you have four kids, you're like, I think, yeah, we're all here. Let's keep going. <laughs> you realize that, oh, <laughs> we, le- we left someone behind. <laughs> yeah, that fifth one, it's like, I, I don't know. Like just, it just changed everything. Yeah. It was like going from one to two again. <laughs> uh, but it's beautiful. We love it. So fun. Yeah. And Portland is such a, such a liberal city with, you know, <laughs> it, 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 we walked. We walk downtown with like our family of seven in tow, and <laughs> people, <laughs> people like you know your environmental footprint is way too big. Right now. Exactly, <laughs> like I I walked into a, like this super hipster coffee shop with my daughter in a stroller, and and the tatted up girl behind the register like kind of like frowned at us and said, "What do you want?" Super <laughs> kind of just like cold. Yeah, and and I'm like. And so, so I, I stepped to the side, and the person behind me in line had a dog, and the tatted up girl behind the register just started crying. She's like, "I love dogs." <laughs> That's a good like, picture. No, I had a had a beautiful little girl in a stroller, and and then the but the dog. That's, yeah. that's Portland in a nutshell. Totally. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's awesome. Well, um, you've also been going to seminary right now, and you've been in seminary for a couple of years now. Tell us about that experience and, and um, how the Lord's used that in your life. Yeah, gosh. I mean, uh, my experience at Western Seminary has been nothing short of, I would say, life-giving, and mm. I may also even say life-saving. <laughs> Just, I mean, the way the Holy Spirit has met me in class with the professors who are very pastoral, has been profound. I mean, um, just renewing and refreshing in me a high, high view and a high, high value of uh, the authority of Scripture mm. and uh, the infallibility of all that the Scriptures aim to teach and a love for the Church. Uh, it's been really, really, really good for me. Um, I don't know if it's because I have like one foot in the artist community in the church, a lot of friends that are songwriters and musicians and stuff, but yeah. it seems really hip right now to just be really, just to kind of like uh, idolize doubt. Mm. Uh, and I'm, I actually, I actually think doubt has a, has an honorable place. Uh, it, doubt has an appropriate place to sit in our, in our hearts and lives. Doubt I think is doubt is to truth as hunger is to food. Like, it's it's a real it's a real thing that God has placed in us a desire to know and a and a, and a, a dissatisfaction with um, certain kinds of tension. Mm. Um, but I think I think the problem with my generation is that we value doubt so much that we just wallow in it, and mm. um, and we sit there and you know how misery loves company. I think I think doubt tends to attract kind of a community of doubters and starts mm. to value doubt for doubt's sake and. Again, I think I think doubt has a fantastic place uh, and a role to play in in the life and mind of a thinking Christian person who's following a God who is invisible. Mm. Uh, because again, doubt leads to truth if doubt is honored appropriately, and that's really what um, what my time I think uh, at seminary and being mentored by these really brilliant people. That's what my time has kind of come out with. I feel like if I if I was left to my own devices. Uh, my cynicism and my immaturity, you know, would have got the best of me more often than not. Mm. And, uh, and, and I just think that if there's anything God would say right now, uh, to, to the folks that are my age that are kind of wrestling through, you know, difficulties, like, you know, you're in, you grow up in church and you see the underbelly of, of the failures of humans. Mm -hmm. I mean, humans are, humans are sinful and broken and, and organizations that are made up of humans are organizations that have sin, sinfulness and brokenness throughout. And, mm. and I think if we just kind of throw up our arms and, and turn ourselves over to our own doubt and cynicism, I think it's a really dangerous place to be if you um, don't follow the doubt where it leads. Yeah. Uh, the doubt leading to a place of truth and a place of uh, resolution to tension, wherever you can find it. And I think when you're in community with people that are searching the scriptures daily, and when you're authentically open, and when it's a community that is free to express doubt, I think that's the most beautiful, beautiful kind of church, mm. um, where an environment where, hey, this is a safe place for doubt, uh, as long as we realize <laughs> that God has made himself knowable to us. Mm. He's made himself knowable. He didn't have to. Like, God could be 
God, I mean, God could have made himself the God of deism, where he just kind of wound up the clock of the universe and then backed off and left us to our own methods to try to figure out how to live. But he didn't. He actually entered into the human story and <laughs> breathed inspired text to an entire nation leading up to himself entering our story in Jesus, uh, which is obviously what we celebrate in Advent. Yeah that Jesus has come. Like, Jesus is what God has to say. Mm-hmm. Jesus himself is perfect theology. Like, Jesus is perfect theology mm-hmm. in the flesh. You know, we have our systematic theology books, and there's no theologian that has the corner on perfect theology. We're always digging deeper. But when we sit back and realize Jesus himself is perfect theology, he's the Word, he's the Logos, the very thought of God, then we go, wow, like... <laughs> My my doubt is, like, God's big enough for it. Like, yeah. he's always big enough. And my community of Jesus followers in Portland or Costa Mesa or Texarkana, with the Holy Spirit present in our community as we search the Scriptures together and break the bread and drink the wine, like, our God who is with us mm. is such a big enough God to handle every doubt, the darkest doubts. Like, I think of a couple in my church right now who I just talked to last weekend, last Sunday. They're on their fourth miscarriage. Like, the doctors are throwing up their hands not knowing why they can't get pre- I mean, they know medically reasons why. Yeah. They've performed surgeries, and they just... But it keeps happening, and they keep, they keep losing, and mm. they keep doubting, and and they come to church going, I don't even know if any of this is really real. I mean, I've always, I've always been told that this is, this is where God works, and this is what God likes to do. He, he's a God who blesses those who obey, and he's a God who honors those who follow, and, and he's a God who opens up the womb. Why doesn't he, mm. why doesn't he show up, why doesn't he show up like that to us? Yeah. And just, and just to be a community where we can say, I don't know, like, you know, they don't, they don't need to hear, God has a plan. I mean, they know that. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. all things work together for good. Like they know that they just kind of want to let their doubts hang out in community with Jesus and the scriptures and the church and just kind of be real about the darkness. And as long as we stick around together, knowing that the Holy Spirit is leading us somewhere, mm. I, I just think that's being in seminary with professors that are super vulnerable about their junk and really serious about the text. Have, it's given me tools to not just overcome my own uh, addiction to doubt, mm. uh, but lead people in healthy doubt at church as a pastor. Yeah. Because um, there is a such thing as healthy doubt, I think, I, and, and it's the kind of doubt that recognizes it's a hunger pain for truth. Mm. That's a good word, man. And in the context of our show today, we're going to be talking about this brand new project that you guys just finished as a church. Uh, talk about that a little bit and the heart behind it as you guys have uh, moved ahead uh, in that community there. Yeah. Well, the EP, it's called Christ is Born, four songs. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty excited about how they turned out. They sound really good, and that's mostly credited to Eric Lemire, yeah. who produced it. He was in, <laughs> he played guitar and drums in that. Christian band Rock and Roll Worship Circus back in the day. <laughs> um, they were signed to that label that Delirious started over in England, wow. Furious Records. And then 
After they were rock and roll worship circus, they became a band called The Listening, which I always call the best band you've never heard of. Um, they're so, so good. They just didn't really break that big, uh, yeah. as big as they should. They, they were they were amazing. And <clears throat> the band members kind of went their separate ways. Chris Greeley, who mixed all their stuff and played electric guitar on their stuff, he's now the front of house guy, producer, mixing engineer for all of Bethel's uh, Bethel Music's church stuff and, mm. and tours. Yeah. And Eric, who played drums for that band, uh, he was our producer and mixing engineer. And the stuff these guys come up with is just brilliant. Um, the soundscapes, the tones, the drum sounds, the guitar. It's just, they're way too much talent for one band. They had to break up. Um, <laughs> and so Eric produced this record. He co-wrote some of the songs with us. And uh, part of the vision behind the record was was to stir up a sense of longing in people for Jesus. Yeah. Um, in line with Advent. And I, I grew up in you know, Calvary Chapel and spend a lot of time in, you know, um, like Protestant evangelical churches that were kind of following in the Baptist or Foursquare tradition. Mm -hmm. And there's just not a whole lot of um, talk of the Christian calendar in those churches. And that's neither here nor there. Neither, you know, it's, it's not necessarily good or bad. It's just the way that church tradition kind of, kind of operates. Uh, I never had Advent on my radar um, or Epiphany or Lent yeah. or Pe Pentecost Sunday or whatever. <laughs> um, <laughs> because a lot of, a lot of the reason for that is I knew a lot of people in Calvary Chapel growing up that were, they came out of bad experiences in the Roman Catholic church. Um, and they were just overwhelmed, rightfully so overwhelmed with the beauty of a personal relationship with Jesus. Like I can come to Jesus without a priest. That's amazing. So who needs a priest? Who needs, a church calendar, who needs tradition? And so kind of the overreaction of that in some um, is always to, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater and get rid of all kinds of traditions, good or bad, for the sake of this personal relationship, which is wonderful. It's awesome. Uh, but the product of that is I, I had no clue of Advent and, and the, the beautiful, uh, really, the beautiful rhythm that you enter into when you when you think of the first Sunday in Advent, lighting a candle, joining with the ancient prophets in their hope for light in the darkness and a voice breaking through the silence. Mm. And then we come back to second Sunday of Advent, which is always the second Sunday after Thanksgiving or um, the third Sunday before Christmas Eve. That's the second Sunday of Advent. And we light another candle, another third Sunday of Advent, fourth Sunday of Advent. Finally, there's one candle left to be uh, lit, and we save that for Christmas Eve. And we light it um, on Christmas Eve and sing a carol to the newborn King Jesus, because that's always the baby Jesus candle. And just that <laughs> that sense of stepping closer and closer, longing more and more um, for the resolution of the Christ child. Like, I wanted the record, this Christ is Born record, to, to kind of have that sense of, of longing and unresolved mm. tension. And and so the first song of the record was, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, um, because traditionally, that's actually the first song sung on the first Sunday of Advent, four mm. Sundays before Christmas Eve. Like, we're we're in exile. We're, you know, I've I've just had my fourth miscarriage. Um, or in the story of the in the story of the Jews in the Old Testament, we are in Babylon. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> come, Emmanuel, um, ransom captive Israel. Um, and that's always the first step towards Christmas. Mm. Um, in the Advent rhythm. 
I just think it's a beautiful thing to, to share in the longing of our forefathers. And we also are longing, we're still longing, for the kingdom to be brought in full through the second advent of Jesus when he returns. Yeah. Um, so it's a still a very real, it's, we're not just faking role play of some past event. It's like, it's, it's, re, it's almost like replaying the longing for Jesus again. That's what it means to be in the church age. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, I just kind of wanted the album to, to echo uh, the rhythms of the church over the years a little bit and yeah. lean into Advent. That's, that's kind of a little bit of the heart behind it. That is awesome. That's great. Well, this uh, first song that we're going to listen to is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And maybe talk about the arrangement of that. We, you just had such a, uh, a really amazing, creative arrangement to this song. Uh, there's so many cool things going on. Uh, talk about the song real quick before we play it. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, this one, um, pro- probably my favorite arrangement on the record, uh, for sure. Hmm. It, it, um, <laughs> I had this chord progression for years, just this, this weird, like, almost like a circle of uh, fifths, um, but it's not. It's like a weird scale kind of thing where it starts with a D minor down to a G major, yeah, up to a C major seven down to an F major, then a weird B flat to an E flat, like just <laughs> this weird like pattern, this circle that kind of comes around, and yeah, and it just felt like this unresolved circle of tension, um, and I, I didn't, I didn't write that for a Christmas carol. I just had that chord progression in my back pocket for years. Mm. Uh, it just, it seemed a little too dramatic to ever be one of my songs. Like, <laughs> um, I didn't, I didn't know how that could be a worship song, which is what I normally write. Yeah. Um, but we were talking about arranging Christmas songs. It, we were actually arranging this song for two Christmases ago. O come, O come Emmanuel. Mm. And Eric's like, how do you want to, how do you want to start? I'm like, actually, what do you think about this chord progression I've had in my back pocket? And I played it. He's like, <laughs> done and that was the basis for him to then take that track and build it with beats and guitar lines and synths and uh, all the strings you hear in the track they're fake they're like pre-recorded samples but they're really good samples yeah he came up with all those wow um so yeah there's like this this circular kind of cycle of unresolved it just feels unresolved to me and that's that's the idea behind O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's like, I, I, I'm a slave, I'm an exile. There's darkness all around, I'm in pain, and it, it's not fun. And it's, mm. it's, I'm just, this is Israel being real about its suffering. Mm-hmm. So, so come, Holy Spirit, please, come and invade our space and, and set us free. And your daughter, Scott, uh, Madison, your daughter, made a guest appearance. She happened to be singing at our church the yes. we were recording vocals on this song and I'm like I got a little two for one deal out of her <laughs> <laughs> that's like, awesome like hey Madison you gotta sing you could, you'd be the perfect vocal uh, for the girl part in this song she's like cool so, <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah alright well let's take a listen to that song O Come O Come Emmanuel uh, by Evan Whitcomb here on Pure Worship Radio
And that was O Come, O Come Emmanuel by Evan Wickham off of their church's brand new uh, Christmas project called Christ is Born. And the next song we're going to talk about is actually the title track to that uh, to that project. And Evan, maybe give us a little um, kind of heart and history around this original song. Christ is Born is an original song that Eric Lemire and, and I wrote together for this project. This is a simple Christmas worship song. Nothing, nothing too spectacular lyrically, just... The chorus is just, Christ is born, angels sing, peace on earth, glory to God our King. Mm. And uh, something simple, I, the melodies, the melodies even sim- simplistic even, enough to, to sing for people that don't normally sing. This was a song written for the church to be able to offer back to the King. And uh, actually in the lyrics of the verse, uh, uh, kings have come offering their worship to the one whose kingdom will remain. Hmm. And then the last verse is a play off that second verse, which is, we have come uh, bowing down in worship to the one whose kingdom will remain. And so it's like bringing the past into the present. Wise men, it's the whole classic Christmassy, wise men still seek him kind of thing, yeah. play off the past. And, and Jesus' kingdom is uh, the kingdom that we are not only waiting for it, but we're currently ambassadors of. Mm. We're heralding his kingdom. We're bringing aspects of his kingdom to bear on this dark world now. And so just a song that kind of held up the past and the present together in harmony, both the past and the present find their longing in the king who's coming. Um, Mm. So it's a simple worship song with heavy doses of Christmas imagery and nativity stuff going on. I love bringing it, bringing it down to earth. In, in the words of Elizabeth Elliot, like putting the hay where the sheep can reach it. Like I just think yes. the song is, is so. Um, it doesn't overcomplicate something that's so profound. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, Christ is born. Oh, my wife, obviously. Uh, my wife sings on this one, which is like a long, hard battle one for me. <laughs> <laughs> Like my wife Sandy has the most beautiful voice. Yes, she's just so gun shy. She's been stage fright, yeah. uh, it, which is crazy because she's like one of the most prophetic worship leading girl singers. Like she stands up there and enters in, and just by her presence on stage, yeah, people are like I just I sense God is moving by just watching <laughs> you worship. Like like she's she's so confident, yeah, singing and leading worship live. Um, but when it comes to like singing a lead vocal on a record she just has always run like head for the hills um so i i twist her arm to the breaking point and she's like okay so (laughs) so we hold up in my little office studio at the church until like midnight one night we put the kids to bed and our teenage son we're like gavin watch the kids we're going back to the church and we're gonna pull an all-nighter we're gonna record this vocal if it kills our marriage (laughs) i'm just kidding uh, that was hyperbole, hyperbole. That's right, that's um, right. And so, uh, yeah, our little baby, River, he was like six weeks old, so we just like laid him on a blanket on the studio floor, and my <laughs> wife sang these these vocals until we basically were falling asleep at the studio desk. Wow. And uh, and it turned out to be really haunting. I love how our vocals sound on the chorus. There's like this haunting, warm, rich, 
Christ is born, angels sing, peace on earth, glory to God our King. And, and whenever that chorus is repeated, it's always Sandy's voice, which I think is super appropriate because her voice has this angelic, kind of like warm, girlish quality. And, um, and just to hear her voice project those lyrics forward, I think, creates a feel that the song really benefits from. And then, mm. and then the, bridge, the bridge wasn't going to exist either. I just started singing, um, Come and behold him, high king of heaven, uh, power to raise the dead. Heaven has spoken, hope for the broken, open the way for the king of glory. Wow. And, and it's just like a little, like, like, a, like a trumpeting echo mm. like underneath, underneath this bridge. It wasn't even going to exist, but it, it needed one more like exclamation point. And so we, we recorded it, and it stuck. And yeah, it's Christ is born. Yeah, I love that heaven is spoken. That's a great line. Yeah, Jesus is what God has to say. Yeah, um, love that. I think, that's, I think that's perfect theology. Yeah, amen to that. Well, let's take a listen to that song, Christ is Born, by Evan Wickham here on Pure Worship Radio.
And that was Christ is Born by Evan Wickham here on Pure Worship Radio, talking about their brand new project that they finished from their church. And Evan, uh, let's talk about the next song on the list is Holy, Holy, Holy. Talk about that one for us, if you would. Yeah, famous hymn. You've, if you've spent much time in church, you know it. Holy, Holy, Holy is the third track on Christ is Born. And, mm. um, it, you know, we, people don't normally think of that as a Christmas song, but it is um, just runs deep in all all branches yeah. of the global church. I mean, it's a huge song in the Roman Catholic Church, huge in every denomination hmm. uh, that I know of uh, in the Protestant Church, and it's just one of those songs that kind of like unifies the voice of the bride for a minute, and uh, I think that's kind of appropriate. Um, Jesus' high priestly prayer was that the Father would make us one, hmm. even as He and the Father were one. That's always been super close to Jesus' heart. You see Jesus' heart continue through the epistles. I mean, most of Paul's epistles have as a major point that the Jews and Gentiles would just get along uh, for the sake of the gospel in their region. Mm. Um, So yeah, Holy 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 made it on the record. And honestly, the deciding factor, I think probably, of including this song in the EP was Sufjan Stevens put it on his Christmas record. (laughs) So, um, So, I mean, he does this beautiful version uh, on his Christmas record, and since since he did it, I've always seen it as a Christmas song. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, all three verses that we included in the recording, you know, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, um, early in the morning. That's the first verse, mm. and my buddy Michael Watson sings that one. Uh, he's just a super awesome servant of Jesus. Just bends over backwards for the for the people of the church. He's so he's just amazing and super gifted. Um, musically, uh, Michael sings verse one, and then a girl named Whitney uh, from Bridgetown at Jesus Church, which is yeah. one of our three churches here in the city. Whitney um, sings verse two, uh, just a super gifted, powerful worship leader. And then Matthew Ziganis, who is the worship pastor uh, down at Bridgetown, which is the down, again the same church downtown within our family of churches here in Portland. He sings the final verse, which is all your works shall praise your name in earth and sky and sea. And it's like this super big moment in the song where it just opens up. And I think it's fitting for the lyrics. Um, Cause you got these like, you got these real like uh, almost <laughs> dreamy lyrics in verse two with like cherubim and seraphim falling down before thee who were and are and evermore shall be. It's like, what, what does a cherubim look like? What's a seraph? These are amazing pictures of creatures I've never seen with my naked eye. Yeah. And uh, and then verse verse three hits, and it's like all your works will praise your name in earth and sky and sea, and it's this huge band moment, and you can really hear Eric Lemire's production kind of shining through. Um, at that time, he has all these really cool band hits where the whole band just hits on these whole notes, and it's pretty. <laughs> pretty emotional at least the first time i heard it i was kind of you know taken back it was just a beautiful moment uh for me at least yeah so yeah holy 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 um love the hymn sing it as a church can't wait to do it christmas eve actually we're gonna do the same arrangement awesome well let's take a listen to that song holy 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 by evan wickham here on pure worship radio Early in the morning 
And that was Holy, Holy, Holy by Evan Wickham and a Jesus Church Westside um, project that they just finished and are releasing this year. And Evan, let's talk about our next song on the list, Realms of Glory. Yeah, yeah, Realms of Glory is the last song on the four-song EP, Christ is Born. Realms of Glory was written last year and released as a single. We wrote this as a kind of a derivative work based on an old hymn. Uh, angels from the realms of glory. It's, there's uh, different melodies for angels from the realms of glory. In England, I guess they put they put the melody from angels we have heard on high, angels from the realms of glory. So it's like angels from the realms of glory. <laughs> I'm like, what? That's not right. <laughs> there's a bunch of there's a bunch of British people at our church right now, and they're like, you're singing it wrong. You're all singing it wrong. All of you. Funny. And yeah. <laughs> And, uh, and, oh, and instead of glow, they do come and worship him. Like, wow. nope, that's not right. That's bad. <laughs> you Brits are backwards. No, just kidding. Um, there's, there's kind rivalry between, yes. between them and us at our church. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we took that hymn and we kind of scrapped the melody all together and we modernized some of the lyrics. So instead of angels from the realms of glory... Um, wing your flight o'er all the earth. Uh, ye who sang creation's story now proclaim Messiah's birth. It's it's angels from the realms of glory come and fill the earth. You who sang our maker's story now proclaim his birth. And then the come and worship him just kind of opens up into a really, I in my estimation, very singable um, melody that the church can just sing to the rafters, just come and worship him, with the optional, oh, everybody likes a good oh. Totally. And, um, <laughs> and so, yeah, we, we released this as a single last year because we kind of like to pass out um, links to these downloads to people in the city to invite them to come to church. We're like, hey, uh, Christmas Eve, we'll be playing the song, and you're invited, it's going to be fun, come worship with us for Christmas. You know, That's people awesome. go to church. People like to go to church on Christmas that don't normally come to church. Yeah. So it's a unique little evangelistic opportunity. Invite the city and, and do a really good job playing music um, to bless the city and preach the gospel along the way and see people come into the kingdom. And so this year we did the same thing, but we did it in an EP form. Um, and so as not to make it totally d- redundant, we actually uh, remastered Realms of Glory from from last year for this year. So, uh, so the one that made this EP is is it sounds a bit different and it's it's patterned after the the sonic quality of the the first three songs on the EP. So, yeah, Realms of Glory was fun. We recorded it all together as a community. There's a video of it. Um, yeah. Record, there's a video of us recording it on YouTube actually. Yeah. Um, up at Crossroads yep. Studios, which yeah. is where Daniel Fusco is the pastor. Yes. Um. Yeah, we just stood in a big circle and put the band in the studio. It's a big, beautiful studio. You can you can actually Google it on YouTube, uh, Realms of Glory at Jesus Church, and you'll see us playing it. Same song you're hearing, same recording. Awesome. All right, let's take a listen to Realms of Glory by a Jesus Church here on Pure Worship Radio.
You've been listening to Evan Wickham on Pure Worship Radio. The maker of the sun and moon The maker of our earth Has made an even greater move Himself is brought to song The End of Exile by Evan Wickham here on Pure Worship Radio, and that was off of his uh, first Christmas project, Volume 1, called Christmas Music. And um, Evan, thanks so much for being on the show today, and so grateful to just get caught up and hear all the Lord's doing in your life. It's really cool. Yeah, I love it, Scott. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today here on Pure Worship Radio. We hope that you were encouraged by our time spent together. May God continue to bless and keep you as you live your life of worship, responding to the grace of God. 